1: Welcome back to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I am your host, as always, John Chapman. And man, this is it, guys. This is the last podcast of the regular season. After this, we're going uh, for bonus coverage, um, extra time. And what I wanted to start this podcast out with is look how far we've come. (laughs) Imagine this podcast last year or the year before that or the three years before that. This is the time, Faithful. Um, This is awesome. So much is on the line. And, you know, Twitter's full of great and horrible things. Uh, For some reason, social media allows people to turn into trolls. and just like the most pessimistic people ever and whatever else. But here's the deal. The 49ers are playing for the number one seed in the NFC. (laughs) That's nuts. It doesn't even make any sense. You know, we circle this game on the calendar in the offseason, and you say, man, once we get to this week, you really wanted it to mean something. And you could go back and say, man, if we wouldn't have lost to Atlanta, this game would be irrelevant and all those things, and that's fine. You want to play the alternative universe and all that. That's great. That's, That's fine. You're right. There was a missed opportunity there. However... As a football fan, as a football player, as a football coach, it doesn't matter. This is what you want. You are going up against your division rival. You haven't won in Seattle since 2011, and you finally get the chance to go into their house and stake claim, not only on the NFC West, which, you know, that's the most important thing. That's every single team's number one goal is to win your division. That's number one. But number two to stake claim on the entire NFC, to be the number one seed outright, winning already. (laughs) If we win this game, the 49ers, you will have already defeated the Saints, number two seed, and the Green Bay Packers, number three seed, and then the Seahawks who will finish up being the number five seed. So you get to go out and then for the playoffs, if you win this game, everybody has to come to you. They've all got to go to Santa Clara and play now. You're not going to the Superdome. You're not going to Lambeau. You're not going back up to Seattle. You are going to determine the process for getting into the Super Bowl. This is huge. So you got to seize the moment and you know you've got to think if you look at what Jimmy Garoppolo has been able to do yeah this is a huge stage yes he's been there before Um, guys again Austin's a troll it's just who he is he does a lot of help behind the scenes so he is actually a friend uh, even though he won't tell you that so just uh, (laughs) mind the troll in the chat guys Um, but anyway this is huge and hopefully Kyle Shanahan who's you know been to the Super Bowl before with the Falcons you have Jimmy Garoppolo has been and won the Super Bowl even though it was as a backup quarterback Uh, there's a To play Richard Sherman, there's lots of players that have been through this process, but there's a lot of players who haven't, and you want to build that confidence. You know, the 49ers they've lost three games, all of them on the last second of the game, and nobody has, you know, (laughs) put it on them for lack of a better term. Uh, They have played with everybody, including the Seattle Seahawks now. This game is going to be tricky for so many reasons. And it's a very complex game because there's so many injuries. So... Let's jump in real quick and talk about injuries for both teams because it's going to play out, and it's gigantic. First off, for the 49ers, uh, major news, Julian Taylor has been moved to the IR. Is the 16th player this year, and it wasn't for his elbow. Uh, He was back practicing, and something happened to his knee in practice, and they have moved him straight to uh, IR. So he is done. That is the 16th player this year to go there. Kevin Givens, who got a lot of playing time in the preseason, He's been on the practice squad all year Has been called up And he's going to be getting some spots And so that's huge Because the 49ers were relying on Julian Taylor to return Uh, He was a key piece And he probably would have been a starter He was going to be getting close to starter snaps So you just You take it Next man up you see what you got to do and you move on. Uh, it's just kind of what it is. Uh, now, D Ford's out as well. Dart uh, Doubtful is Jacowski Tart. He's been in the no contact jersey all week. And if he is cleared by the medical st- staff, Robert Sala came out I already. Said if he's cleared, he's starting. But he has not officially been cleared. He is not 100% go yet. So they are still waiting for that. We still have two days. Uh, depending on when you are listening, this is Friday. And I almost recorded yesterday, but I wanted to wait until the final injury report came out for both teams, which just happened about 30 minutes ago. So just wanted to jump on here and make sure everybody's completely uh, caught up with the situation for both teams. So now uh, Debo Samuel as well has been practicing in a non-contact jersey, so not quite sure what's going on there. He is, you know, he he's wasn't even really listed on the, uh, the, the injury report, so he will be playing. But that is something to pay attention to. Uh, curious to see what that's going to be, if some stuff gets leaked out or not. Once you're into... You know, where we are now, week 17, everybody's playing through something. There's not a lot of healthy teams, and the Seahawks are by far uh, not healthy either. You know, I just mentioned how the 49ers have 16 different players on IR. Guess what? So do the Seahawks. Um, and they had some major issues, no more important than Dwayne Brown, the left tackle. Um, probably one of the top four left tackles in the entire NFL. Uh, they acquired him in the trade from Houston a few years ago, and he's been magnificent. Um, he was able to shut down Bosa relatively well in the passing game. Uh, whenever they played in Week 11, Bosa got one quarterback hit, but no sacks. Uh, he did get a tackle for loss, so Bosa was you know really good in the run game, but still made it Bosa very well. Uh, Dwayne Brown did. He's gone. He's out. Uh, And his replacement, Jamarco Jones, (laughs) who was Bosa's teammate, actually, back at Ohio State. He was uh, a fifth-round pick out of Ohio State in 2018, and he's a right guard. (laughs) He's not a left tackle, but they moved him to left tackle regardless because they just don't have anybody. Uh, Everybody thought it was going to be Noah Fant, but they kept Jamarco Jones out there, and what did he do at left tackle last week? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) He allowed two sacks, one quarterback hit, five pressures, Uh, He had a 17.4 pass block grade and a big reason why Fred Warner was not named NFC defensive player of the week last week was because of Jamarco Jones and what he allowed Chandler Jones to do to him um, and his team. So if you look at. Chandler Jones is now probably the leading front runner for defensive player of the year. You know, he's leading in sacks, uh, force fumbles. Uh, he, he's having a hell of a year, but a lot of that he has to say like tip his cap to uh Jamarco Jones. So, and he's quite he he's been questionable as well. He does seem like he is going to play, but he's been limited all week. And here's the thing. I know <laughs> I, I I already know what's going to come up in the comments, and that's fine. You've got to get to the quarterback, and you've got to hit them. The 49ers have had a relatively great year um, getting to the quarterback. Now, things have slowed down dramatically. Uh, I totally get that. But you've got to go after them. The 49ers are currently fifth in the NFL with 47 sacks. Last time we played the Seahawks, we got five sacks on the on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson leads the NFL in most times sacked. He gets sacked all the freaking time. So uh, we have 47 sacks on the year. Guess how many times Russell Wilson has been sacked? 47 times. We got to go get that number higher. That's going to be huge this week, and that offensive line is a mess. Michael Apati, uh, who was you know the former first-round pick with the 49ers out of Idaho, he's also questionable as well. I do expect him to play, but their offensive line is a mess. Now there's even more people that are out. Chris Carson's out. Rashard Penny went out on IR two weeks ago. CJ Procise is out. So because of that, you have you know the Marshawn Lynch signing and bringing in Robert Turbin and all those things. Now, I will say this. Um, Travis Homer, which nobody knows who the hell that is, he is going to be the starting running back and probably get the most work for the Seahawks. Um, He's got eight carries and 52 yards on the season, but he has been on the Seahawks roster as a special teams player and backup all year. So he knows the situation. My guess is he will lead the team in carries and snaps. But Lynch and Robert Turbin will be getting some work as well. Um, And here's the thing. You look at what the Seahawks have been able to do all year, they are a run-heavy team. They are third in the NFL in rushing attempts. They are third in the NFL in most rushing yards. But last week was the first time in 16 weeks. You got to go all the way back to week one. Seahawks didn't rush for over 100 yards, and that was against the Cardinals. <laughs> so... Um Yeah, you could got to take that for whatever you want. I mean, it was in Arizona, if you want to make that argument. But there's definitely some issues for the Seattle Seahawks, who only put up 13 points. They lost by 14 to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you you got to... Put that out there. Now, uh, there's more people that are out. Two questionable players as well for the Seattle Seahawks, Quandre Diggs, who had a hell of a game against the 49ers. Um, He's a hell of a player that they got from Detroit. Um, He is questionable and true game time decision. And Ethan Posick, again, their center slash guard kind of hybrid player on the inside that plays everywhere. So there's a lot of issues at play for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Now, does that mean that this is going to be a blowout or anything like that? Absolutely not. There's a lot of stuff to get into, but let's go ahead. uh, Let's jump over to the chat. Wherever you're joining us, just want to say thank you, guys. Um, If this is your first time joining the 49ers Rush podcast, just want to say thank you. Uh, Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are. We are everywhere podcasts are offered. Um, We go live on YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, and Twitter, Um, but yes, we are everywhere, so Wherever you are listening or watches, please hit that like button. Helps us out a lot. Really do appreciate that. So, real quick, let's get into some questions. First one here from Fred uh, Kevin Givens. Give us your take. He is a bull. <laughs> he he, he kind of fits the mold of. We love hybrid defensive lineman versatility in the offseason and the draft and free agency. That's the hot-button word that is used nonstop by our front office. And Kevin Givens is one of those guys. He fits the mold of kind of a, a Contavious Street, very powerful, um, just kind of cramped-packed defensive lineman. Now, he's not huge, so like he's not that true nose-tackle guy, but he is one of those guys. He's probably a better three technique than anything else, just like every other defensive lineman we have on our roster but he is going to play uh, those two interior spots you can put him at the nose and you couldn't can put him at the three I doubt he'll play the three at all um, but yeah that's huge yeah the cap is back appreciate that Wally Lama I love this bad boy um, and yeah just want to say man Julian Taylor we have been sta- we stashed him on the practice squad all year last year uh, not on, on the inactive list, because we knew somebody would claim him. And he flashed. He finally gets his chance this year, and he flashed again. A couple injuries happen; It's his time to shine. Back-to-back injuries. Um, it, knees, that's rough, man. Um That's rough. Tart is doubtful, Fred. Yes, that's correct. Do I think it's a smokescreen? No, I don't. Uh, Marcel is suspect in the past game, but uh, Marcel Harris coming off two back-to-back good weeks. I I really do think that he was a very positively impactful player last two weeks. He was awful his first two (laughs) weeks whenever he came in for Joukowsky Tart whenever he got injured, and then versus the Saints was bad, bad, bad. So, man, if I had to say right now, I hate to say it, but I'd be... Uh, i put my money that Marcel Harris is going to be starting. Um, now, again, the coaching staff has already come out and said, Tart is starting if cleared, but he just hasn't been cleared yet. Uh, again, it's broken ribs or fractured ribs. You got to make sure that cartilage is there. And with the way he tackles Uh, Jaworski, you got to make sure he's healed because you put him back out there one big hit versus the running back and with the style of game that Marshawn Lynch and the Seattle Seahawks are going to be doing there's going to be a lot of collisions so you don't want to put him out there if he's suspect uh, because that's going to basically ruin the season for him if he comes out early Um, here we go from Falk what worries you the most and what do you think we exploit the most so uh, number one our defensive coordinator who I really really like Robert Saul is a hell of a coach Now, (laughs) uh, the way he handles personnel and in-game adjustments, not as much. He's still a young play caller. He has not been a defensive coordinator for very long. You know, he came in with Shanahan, so this is his third year ever. And he got exposed considerably the last few weeks. The blueprint has been set um with how to play against the 49ers it's quick passing and then you got to get your quarterback outside of the pocket Uh, if you just keep your quarterback back there the pass rush eventually is going to get to them even though our pass rush hasn't been all world like it was the first eight weeks it's still very very good so because of that he's been very very slow to adjust in the first half and if a team finds a play that works in the first half He's basically admitted, we're not changing anything till halftime, um, which I hate. And so, the biggest fear I have, if if we thought that Jared Goff was tough on the perimeter, <laughs> on rollouts, and getting outside the pocket of boots, Russell Wilson's a whole nother animal. And so, sure enough, you know, they watched that film over and over and over again. Now, we have to, we have put in the adjustments to stop that, but... Uh, we'll have to see. So my biggest fear is 100% Robert Sala. If he can get out of the way and allow these guys to play, because if it's just going to be a chess match between the uh, Russell Wilson and our defense, we have the personnel to stop them. It's can we put them in the place to be successful? That's going to be key. Um, now, uh, what do I think that we exploit the most? Their linebackers and pass coverage. That is huge. Bobby Wagner... Um, you know, you can make the argument. He's, you know, a top five all time linebacker. He is that good. I have that much respect for him. However, what makes Bobby Wagner so great is that he's a sideline to sideline defender that never misses tackles. He has never been the best you know, in pass coverage. He's good in pass coverage. However, this year, he has allowed the most receiving yards of any linebacker in the NFL. So what you're going to do is a lot of double motions, a lot of two tight end sets. You're going to do screens to Kyle Usechek. You're going to do screens to Kittle, and you're going to make him play in the pass game much more than you're going to make him play in the run game. I think that's that's how you exploit them. You take, you go straight at their strength, and you pay attention to that. And you know the matchup that I'm most excited about. It's going to be our left tackle, Joe Staley, against Jadavian Clowney. Which, if you go back to <laughs> Week 11, we lost that game. It was because of Jadavian Clowney. Uh, drop passes by the wide receivers was key too, but. It, Jadavian Clowney maybe had the best game of the year for any defender in the NFL against us. Now, a lot of people will be quick to recall, well, guess what? It was Joe Staley's first game back. That's true, off the broken leg. And he dislocated his hand or his finger the very first drive. That's true as well. Um, the adjustments that were made in the second half, both McGlinchey and um, Joe Staley did much better versus State, uh, versus Jadavian Clowney, but he still had a great game. So he is back. He hasn't played the last two weeks, Jadavion Clowney. So he's rested. Uh, he's relatively healthy, and he said there's no way in hell he is missing this game. I am so excited for that. I, you never cheer for injuries. You know, just as a human, you don't do it. And there's something about I want to play people at their best. Yeah, it'd be great if Russell Wilson wasn't playing. Yeah, it'd be great if Bobby Wagner was out as well. Don't No, that's not what I want. I want to be the best. How do you become the best? You play against the best and you beat the best. Um, yeah, I want to win. Yes, I want that bye week. I get all that. But there's something in the back of your head that you have to convince yourself and your team and everybody. Uh, yeah, we beat them, but... right. We lost to the Seahawks earlier at home, but guess what? We didn't have George Kittle. Now, is that an excuse? Hell no, it's not an excuse. But I guarantee you right now, the Seattle defense is saying, "Look, we stopped these guys before, and there's somebody like, yeah, but they didn't have 85. Uh, <laughs> like that. That's just the way it is. So I want to go out there and play against the best with the best talent, and I want them to be healthy. Um, it's just a mindset issue. Uh, you don't want to go after uh, the week or whatever, but they're on the schedule, and you got to go do what you got to do. Um, that's just kind of how I see. Now I do want to say this, and this is huge." If you have not already joined us on the Hot Mic app, you need to do so. Um, you got to come join us. It's absolute blast. We're going to be calling the game Sunday night. Um, here's what you do. You go to wherever app you have, download Hot Mic. Okay, it's on the iPhone, Android, all that stuff. H-O-T-M-I-C, one word. Download the app, it's free. Then you're going to use the invite code RUSH ESF. R-U-S-H-E-S-F. R-U-S-H-E-S-F. Uh, that's going to get it in there for free. And once you click on the 49ers game, you can sort through everything. I mean they have, you know, soccer, basketball, baseball. They have everything. It's it, the app is exploding. <laughs> There's like 80 plus broadcast teams. And what you're going to do is you're going to look for my name, uh, John Batman or the 49ers Rush Podcast. You can search either one or just go to the 49ers game. I'm already on there. Hit that and then hit follow. Um, join us during the game. It's so much fun. Um, one... The live broadcast and play by play, I do that. And you're getting a 49er centric broadcast instead of the people on TV. It's going to be Collinsworth, and it's just going to be the biggest Russell Wilson love fest in the world. It's just what it's going to be. Uh, So you don't want that. You want a 49er specific broadcast, and that's what I'm going to be giving you. Um, Plus, it does have a chat feature so you can ask questions and adjustments and all that stuff. And on commercial breaks, we don't go to commercial. Uh, We answer your questions and things like that. So please head over there download the Hot Mic app and use the invite code RUSHESF, R-U-S-H-E-S-F, one word, no spaces, and join us over there. All right, from Nick, I think usually the team with the best lines win. Uh, That's my major concern about the game Sunday. Not sure our O-line is healthy enough regardless of our skill position's thoughts. Um, Yeah, it's usually one of the trenches. Now, Russell Wilson is kind of a wild card because he's played his entire career behind a pretty poor offensive line and just kind of creates. Um, so, having said that, I would take our offensive line over their offensive line. I would take our defensive line over their defensive line. Uh, i, I I don't think that they win anywhere. The only place that I would give them the advantage is defensive interior. And that's even with DeForest Buckner, who I think is great, but their defensive interior is pretty damn stout. Um, So if that's the case, Nick, I, I think we get the W. I really, really do. And if you look at the game the last time we played the Seattle Seahawks, Clowney just used I don't know what it was he used like a damn cheat code (laughs) he destroyed us so you isolate him you put a tight end over there you don't let him go freaking super saiyan on us and you stop him I think that's what it's going to be Fred weather in Seattle have you checked yeah it's going to be light and rainy it's going to be just south of 50 degrees so it's going to be kind of chilly not cold and it's just slight rain which we've Played, what, four games in the rain so far this year? So, not too worried about that. Um, oh, what's up? Coach Allen's on here. Uh, Duncanville would win. Uh, <laughs> old coaching buddy, Coach Allen, 83, on there. What's up, brother? Uh Going on a ski trip with this cat here in about three weeks. So really, really excited. Uh, great to see you, Matt. Great to see you. All right, here we go. From Alex, we need to win. What do you think of AB at the Saints? It's not going to happen, guys. Antonio Brown's not playing this year. Even if the Saints or whomever signs him, uh, the NFL quickly, if, if you watch the timeline on Twitter, it was hilarious because um, – AB tweets out or Instagram whatever that he's doing like a workout release for the Saints. Everybody goes crazy, okay? Then the NFL puppets, Adam Schefter, Ian Rapaport, all those guys are quick to tweet out even if he gets signed, the NFL is likely to suspend him. Um, they do not want Antonio Brown playing. Uh, they want all of this stuff to go. He has two sexual assault accusations pending currently. Um, and they have asked for information from Antonio Brown, and he has refused the NFL's request to turn over information. Uh, he's doing his best. Donald Trump situation right now. Like he's just not cooperating with the NFL. And so he's called out Goodell. He's called out ownership he's called out antonio brown is not playing this year uh will he play again perhaps do the saints care about any of those things i just mentioned hell no they just want to win but antonio brown's not playing even if he is signed commissioner exempts list is going to happen and understand this uh Roger is not going to do the Saints any fan any favors. He is not a fan of that franchise or of the ownership, of the coaching. You can go back through the whole situation with Sean Payton and Bountinggate. Um it goes long. So it's what it is. Uh, anyway, Fred, what's up, man? Send me one of those shirts, bud. (laughs) I'm faithful on this podcast. Yes, you are, Fred. Um, Again, the best way to get these shirts, uh, you can get them on the website, NinersRush.com. Just click on gear and see there. Uh, Fred, slide it to my DMs on Twitter, man, uh, at JL underscore Chapman. We'll we'll, we'll figure something out, buddy. Um, Anyway, Jabroni, great name right here, by the way. Um, AB to the Saints, desperate move. Yep, I agree. Uh, It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. So... Here's the thing. Let's jump over now. I want to talk just a little bit more uh, about, like, the lines and some different things that I saw. And, again, we're going to conclude this episode today with my two bets of the week now the Vegas lines that are already set up and they haven't moved as much as I thought they would uh, the 49ers are currently minus three and a half points the over under has fallen a little bit to 46 and a half. it was all the way up at 47 and a half. the money line which means you just bet outright is minus 185 so you bet 10 to win 15 now that's my safe bet of the week and again we always bet on mybookie.ag, uh, the best sporting site uh, betting site in the the world it is absolutely so easy to get involved there Uh, all you do is head to my bookie m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e dot ag use promo code 49ers 49ers and they're going to double your initial deposit so if you put a hundred dollars in they give you an extra hundred dollars you got 200 to bet with okay Uh, so the safe bet that i'm doing this week is just the money line I don't like the three and a half points because the 49ers could win by a field goal, which has happened so many times this season, and you still would not get paid. So I'm putting the money line, again, that's $10 to win 15 and you can go up as high or as low as you want. But my bookie's the best. And so if you're going to bet anywhere online, please head over there. They will take care of you. If you have any questions, their customer service department is on fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a couple listeners have some questions, and so I called on behalf of the listeners, and we got everything worked out so fast. Um, it's very, very easy uh, spot to get a hold of. So mybookie.ag for all your betting needs. And so at the end of the podcast, I have a huge three-team teaser. Um, yeah, it's got to be a fun one. So <laughs> anyway, now here's the thing. I want to talk a little bit about just the Seattle Seahawks season. Okay. And so just a quick recap of what, you know, if we were to do kind of an old BCS approach to what the Seattle Seahawks have done, okay, their losses. Now, they've lost two out of the last three. They lost at home to the Rams. They got blown out, Uh, lost by 16 to the Rams at home, and then they lost by 14 points at Arizona. Then you got to go back a ways because they've lost to the Ravens by 14, and then in week three, they lost to the Saints. Uh, by six points. So that's their losses. You know, they've got four on the year. Now, their major wins, which obviously you got to say what they did against the 49ers were huge, but they also have wins against the Vikings and the Eagles. That's kind of it. They haven't really beat... Um, you know, if you want to throw the Rams in there, that's fine. If you want to throw the Steelers in there, that's fine. But it's not the most impressive, uh, kind of portfolio that they put together, a resume that they put out there. Yeah, they're good. And they've been playing people really, really close, but that started to change because again, as I said, they've lost two out of three, uh, games by more than a touchdown. Early on in the season, they were close to everybody. It didn't matter who they played. Uh, every game was, you know, one to five points, point differential. But that's changed dramatically. And a lot of that has to do with their rush defense. Now, they have their, three games in a row, they have allowed over 400 yards. Again, let me repeat that. Three games in a row, the Seattle Seahawks defense has allowed over 400 yards. Um Last week versus the Cardinals, they allowed 253 rush yards in one week. <laughs> That's not a winning performance. And again, you look at you know Kenyon Drake, who had a good game against the 49ers in his debut uh, on Halloween night, I think it was. But 253 rush yards to the Cardinals. That's saying something. Now, the tendencies that they do on defense, they're going to struggle with greatly because there's so many people that are out. Quandre Diggs is a vital piece in that secondary. He's kind of playing, um, he, he, let me say this. They move him around, and he's kind of that honey badger role um, where he's always around the ball, and he's just, he's the person that allows them to be so complex. He's out. Uh, Or at least he's questionable and so that's a huge piece because what that was going to do is they were going to put him on Kittle almost for all intents and purposes that was going to be the matchup on the defense now what that's going to allow the 49ers to do if he's not out there or if he's not healthy is Kittle's going to have a game one you could try to stop Kittle all you want the only way that you can is you have to force him to pass protect which the 49ers don't like doing and that kind of goes back to one more of my keys that I want um, I want Roz Dwelly getting way more snaps I want two Two tight end sets like crazy. Um, Less three wide receiver sets, and I want 22 personnel. I want two tight ends, Roz Dwelley, George Kittle out there, and I want two backs. (laughs) I want Juszczyk, and I want Breida getting involved in this game. Um, I want him to get some snaps out there. Now, I am curious to see if Raheem Mostert finally gets a start. He hasn't got a start yet. Tevin Coleman, despite how bad he's been, has been the guy that's been out there. But I want to see Raheem Mostert out there. Now, he is leading the team in carries and all that stuff. And, you know, I saw a couple tweets out there as well that said, you know, if you take Raheem Mostert's uh, last five-game stretch where he's gone crazy, and you extrapolate that over an entire 16-game season, he'd have 1,200 yards rushing, um, which is awesome. It's been a while uh, since we could say something about that. Now, if we're just staying with their defense and what they do well, it's turnovers. That is it. Uh, they have forced 32 turnovers, which is third best in the NFL, and most, uh, most of it's fumbles. Half of those, 16 fumbles lost. That's what the Seattle Seahawks defense has done very, very well. Now, they give up. <laughs> that's that's it, really. Everything outside of that, just uh, turnovers, they're awful. They're 21st in points allowed, 26th in total yards, 26th um, in first down conversions, and it just goes down the line. They've allowed the third most rushing touchdowns, uh, their worst five in yards per rushing attempt, all those things. And... There, it's not a bend, don't break. It's a gamble, and eventually we'll get one type of defense. Go all out, get the sack, get the interception, get the fumble. And if you don't turn the ball over, <laughs> stop me if you've heard this before, you're going to be just fine. This is not a game where we need Jimmy to win it. It shouldn't be that game. This is one of the games where you want Jimmy to chill out. This is, again, if you go back to the game against the Rams and the game against the Falcons, you knew that was going to be a high-scoring affair. I don't think that this is going to be. Um, I think this is one of those games where you just mitigate your losses and you don't have turnovers, you're going to be just fine. You have to force them to play up to your level because they're missing so many things on offense that... It's going to be very, very difficult for the Seattle Seahawks to move up and down the field. Now, let's uh, jump over to the other side, right? What are the strengths for the Seattle Seahawks offense? It's Russell Wilson. Uh, (laughs) That's it. It's just Russell Wilson. And, you know, last week was the first time, as I said, that they didn't go over 100 yards rushing. And Travis Homer is going to be starting. Nobody knows who Travis Homer is, right? His parents could be listening to this podcast and they'd be like, who? Uh, nobody knows who Travis Owens is. And, and not try to take shot at the guy, but he's just, he's a wild card. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that's been on the back end. Who knows? Uh, maybe this is his going out party. But he has not done great. And if you look at everything that they do, their strength is this. This is Seattle Seahawks strength. Fourth down conversions and red zone percentage. When they get in there, They score, and that's because of Russell Wilson. So there's Russell Wilson in the middle of the field, and then there's Russell Wilson in the red zone and on fourth downs because he plays super safe. He doesn't take hits. He doesn't keep the ball in his hands if he's in the middle of the field or if he's in the first and third quarters. But once the game is on the line, Russell Wilson pulls out all the stops. He will, uh, they'll do that little zone read and he'll keep it. Uh, Now he's nowhere near as mobile as Lamar Jackson, but he does just fine. Uh, He's a hell of a player. And again, if you look at their offense, uh, they're ninth in points scored, seventh in total yards. After that... It gets pretty bad. They run the ball a lot, um, and they don't turn the ball over. So you you look at the two different things between them. uh, They get a lot of turnovers on defense. They don't turn the ball over on offense, and we've talked a lot about that. If you want to stop Russell Wilson, you have to get pressure on him. Russell Wilson with no pressure, 20 touchdowns, three interceptions for 115 quarterback rating. Under pressure this season, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, 89 quarterback rating. So that's key. That's key right there. Uh, 89 quarterback rate is still pretty damn good, <laughs> but it's it's human. If you just let him sit back there, we're in trouble. Any team that goes against him is going to be in huge trouble. And so you have to get pressure on Russell Wilson, and you have to do it, and this is going to get weird because Akello Witherspoon, Robert Sall has come out and given him his vote of confidence, and, hey, we're sticking with him. We have all the hope in the world on this kid and all that stuff, and I, I'm glad that they are staying with him, but here's the issue. Akella Witherspoon sucks in man coverage. (laughs) So if you're going to blitz, you better get there quick because here's the issue. If you do blitz, which means you're going to have to go to man coverage on the outside almost always, then you're leaving your guy in major, major trouble, And whether that's against DK Metcalf, um, whether that's against Tyler Lockett. That is trouble. We do not want Akella Witherspoon in man coverage at any point. Now, another good news is uh, Josh Gordon has been suspended. He was a key player in that Week 11 matchup versus the 49ers. He didn't get a lot of snaps, but he would come in on third down, and he converted a lot of third downs and kept those drives going. So they're missing that player as well. So that's going to be key. All right. Now, before we get into our predictions and keys to the game and all that stuff, I do want to share with you guys my bet of the week. I've got a cut I've got two of them okay um, first off I'm betting the money line the 49ers are going to win again that's bet 10 to 15 that's a little bit of a safer bet but here's my three team teaser and if you don't know what a teaser is, It's kind of like a parlay, except you get more points. (laughs) So I did a seven-point teaser, okay? So a three-team seven-point teaser is plus 120. I'll explain what that means in a second. So whatever the spread is, you get seven points on top of it, but all three of these things have have to happen. I'm taking the 49ers at Seattle. So because it's a seven-point, so instead of minus three-and-a-half points, you get plus three-and-a-half points. So as long as the 49ers are within three points, you get paid. Okay, Eagles, I'm taking the Eagles at New York Giants, and again, seven-point swing, so that gives the Eagles plus 2.5. Eagles have to win if they want to be in the playoffs, and so against the New York Giants, I think they're going to be able to do it. And then I'm staying in the NFC East, the Redskins. I'm taking the Redskins at Dallas, and here's why. I don't think they're going to win the game, but with the full seven points, that's Redskins plus 17.5 points. That's a lot of damn points. And the Redskins get to play spoiler. This is their Super Bowl, and Case Keenum's going to be out there starting. Um, I think that he's a better quarterback, uh, you know, now than Dwayne Haskins. He's injured. He's out. And he's playing basically for next year uh, to be, you know, kind of a go-between quarterback. So I I love these three bets. So, again, my three-team teaser. And so if you're going to bet this, you just go to my bookie, click Week 17 Lines, click on that 49ers game. Then click on the Eagles and your bet slip that pops up on the right. Click teaser and you could add points. I chose seven points. You can bump that down to a six point, uh, six and a half points, seven point. You can kind of adjust it. And whenever you add more points, you just payout goes down. So if these three things happen, I'm betting 10 to win 22. Um, But yeah, so that's my teaser and you can bet as much or as little as you want. But again, 49ers, Redskins, uh, and Eagles. That's my 7.3 team teaser over on mybookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers, and they're going to double your initial deposit. So uh, real quick before I get into predictions, I just want to see if there's a couple more questions on here. Um, From Thad, that's a fun name, Uh, the Seattle (laughs) line is depleted, and I'm predicting Bosa getting three sacks this weekend. Man, I love it, buddy. Um, Buck with one, Armstead with one, and one for Ward. Very nice. And, you know, the last time we played Seattle, this was the first game where Fred Warner went all crazy. Crazy all-world. He had two sacks against Seattle uh, when we played him earlier. Uh, This is when we started doing that A and B gap blitzing where both linebackers walk up. I think we're going to see that a little bit more. Uh, Malcolm, thanks for listening from Australia, man. Very glad to have you on here. Um, From Nick. Will Sala use any of the schemes that the Cardinals showed uh, that caused Wilson to struggle? Man, what the Cardinals do is totally different. Uh, it's it's a true 3-4 up front, um, so it's a little bit different. But, yeah, they kept Chandler Jones at home. We do not do that with our backside ends, as we saw. Uh, I, if I could say one thing, like if, if they – not that anybody cares, but let's just say they're like – Robert is like, hey – John Chapman, who no reason why I should talk to you, but what do you think we should do? I would just say sit your backside ends because there's going to be some key plays where they do a zone read and Russell Wilson keeps it. They're going to play action bootleg like the Rams showed them. We don't need to sell out to stop the run. Um, I think you just sit your backside in instead of having him squeeze down on the down block and if you do that I think it's going to create some more stress for Russell Wilson so that's the one thing that I would like to do that's what Chandler Jones does and he had such a great game uh, all because of that so hopefully that happens um, uh, David, do you think this could be a blowout? with Russell Wilson at home I want to say no I really do want to say he's going to find a way to keep them in this game. I do think the 49ers are going to win, and I do think the 49ers are going to win by more than a touchdown. Um, However, the makeup of the game fits. It really does. If they can't run the ball, and if it's just Russell Wilson throwing the ball 50 times a game, there's going to be turnovers. There's going to be sacks. Uh, You just have to capitalize on those negative uh, plays. That's going to be huge. Uh, fred does Salado uh that mostly held up versus metcalf left last game witherspoon scares the crap out of me uh yeah i'm with you there fred i i love mostly i would start him but it's what it is uh they're not going to change it's just what it is griffin is hurt too with the hammy yeah griffin is hurt they have said that he's going to play their number one corner um not too worried about griffin and what i mean by that is the 49ers wide receivers they don't rotate The corners, so they do what we do where they just sit their left corner and the right corner. They don't rotate. And so you're going to be able, if you want to get a certain route to Debo or if you want to get a certain route to Emmanuel Sanders, you're going to have that option. So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, They're going to be able to scheme uh, where, where they are, but it, it, it's what it is. Uh, from Bobby, I see no way the Hawks win unless we turn the ball over like three times. Yeah, turnovers are the big kind of reckoning <laughs> for both teams, really, the 49ers and for the Seattle Seahawks. And if you go back to, you know, this game that we lost in week 11, it was the wide receivers drop passes that turned into turnovers. Uh, so you've got to go out there and make sure that's not going to be an issue. Damien. Should we go deep in the playbook to establish the run, let the offensive line hit back? Um, Yeah, this team, the Seattle Seahawks defense, is built to stop the run, and people don't run the ball against them. Uh, Now, you could run the ball fairly well, but their entire thing is they're going to say, look, we want you to throw the ball against us. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks defense has the eighth least rushing attempts against them because they stack the box. And they'll walk that safety up there and they're going to say, look, you want to run it against this that's fine um, but we're going to force you to read elsewhere and so with Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo they do not like to go against overmatched sets they will adjust it to what they think is best so we'll see here uh, so how are you going to change your logo uh, when we win the 6th Labar? yeah you're exactly right Thad I'm going to have to change my logo but that's a great problem to have quest for 6 uh, we'll have to come up with something for 7 uh, but yeah we'll deal with that how will the O-line manage Clowney this year I, I don't think you're going to have to do too much stuff Alan I really really don't I, I think the offensive tackles are coming off great games and the last time we played against Clowney uh, there were injuries um, you know, again, Joe Staley just broke his hand at the very first drive of the game. I think that was huge as well. I think they're going to do great. I, I really, really do. And so, really, really excited to see what's going to happen. Uh, Gibster saw your tweet about the wide receivers' blocking grades. Just curious if you know how they stack up to the league average. Again, average on those grades, Gibster. I don't have those numbers in front of me. It's usually going to be right at sixty. I remember Debo came in at a sixty-nine run blocking grade. Nice. Um, uh, and so it. A Above average. I was shocked to see that Kendrick Bourne is the lowest graded uh, wide receiver at rud blocking. He's had some good blocks, but uh, yeah, that was. I, I did not expect to see that at all. Um, Yeah. Uh, love it, Raul. Uh, <laughs> all bullcrap aside, I think the 49ers dominate this game because the players know this game means the most for them. This is huge. It's huge. And when Marshawn Lynch comes out, it's going to get crazy. Okay, guys? It is. That's fine. Let them get crazy it should be loud there and, and no problem that does not bother me whatsoever now time management's going to be key how often we get out of the huddle so that we can call our adjustments at the line without using our timeouts that's going to be key so I'm pretty pretty excited about this I don't think Marshawn Lynch is really going to affect this game too much um yeah he's going to have a big third uh down conversion on third and two something like that but I don't think he's going to get that many carries. I doubt he gets 10 carries, to be honest with you. Uh, if they come in in a goal line situation, I can see him sending him in there. Third and one or fourth and one, I can see him sending in there. But I, he's not going to start. He's not going to be out there too much. So here we go. Let's do this. Predictions and keys to the game. Robert Sala most important player for the game for me. Okay, He's not even playing. He's the coach. But Robert Sala, defensive coordinator, I think he's most important. We have to stay in zone coverage as much as possible. Keller Witherspoon's great at zone. He's been burned uh, three straight weeks every single time he goes to man. So how do you keep them in zone? You don't overload blitz. You want to bring five, that's fine. You can still rotate over the top of Akello and do that. Now, the problem is we haven't shown that. Every time we blitz, we usually tend to go straight man, and I don't want to see him in man versus somebody like Tyler Lockett. Scares the hell out of me. And with how DK Metcalf so physical, Akello is not. Again, scares the hell out of me. So that's key. Um, so that's going to be huge. Now, also, can we stop the backside uh, in from crashing? Again, look at what they did, the Los Angeles Rams, and look what the Ravens did to our team, where we crash that end and we allow these quarterbacks to get wide open and just completely negates our pass rush. If you sit an end... You don't let the quarterback out, and then you have help from the rest of your defense. That's going to be key. Uh, Russell Wilson, as I said before, he's been sacked a league high 47 times in the NFL. 49ers are fifth in the league with 47 sacks. Last time we had five sacks on him. Warner had two. Eric Armstead had one and a half. DJ Jones one, And Kwan Williams had half of a sack as well on a nickel blitz. I love nickel blitzes this week on the weak side because there's going to be one or two plays and I put an asterisk by this, where they're going to do that boot out to the weak side. And if you are going to crash your end, send a nickel blitz. If you are going to crash your end, send a bullets blitz with a linebacker. We did that a couple times with Aziz. We did that a couple times with Dre Greenlaw. So if you are going to crash the ends, then send that outside blitz. Uh, That's going to be huge. Again, Just to keep it in perspective, Chandler Jones last week versus Jamarco Jones, the left tackle. Four sacks, two tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, six quarterback kicks, six tackles. Guess who plays that position? Nick Mother Bosa. (laughs) had to stop myself. Got a little too excited. I'm sorry. Um, I want at least four sacks for this 49ers defense. At least four. Um, and I know people are going to get pissed because every time I say that it doesn't happen, but that's okay. That's what I want. George Kittle's going to eat like crazy, 85-plus yards and a touchdown. Uh, I am putting in just extra prop bets on those two numbers, uh, but if you don't want it, those are high numbers, but I like them uh, just because I think that's where they're going to attack, especially if Quandre Diggs is out. If Quandre Diggs is is not active, and he's going to be a game-time decision, that's going to be key. I'm going to load up some bets on that one, Um, and here's my prediction. Here we go. George Kittle was not there last time. We played the Seattle Seahawks, and if you want to prove how valuable you are, and I think Kittle's the best player in the NFL. I really do. Now you got the entire world watching you. This is the last game of the regular season for the entire NFL. Everybody's going to be watching this game. You get to go out there and show exactly how valuable you are on this stage on the road to lock up the number one seat. I have the 49ers winning 31 to 21. So pumped about this. Uh, finally, get a game that doesn't come down to the last second, and I think that you get to actually flex, and I think that you get to show the entire league, including your division, this is yours. It's yours. Uh, last year was the Rams. You already knocked them out last week. Now you get to send Seattle to the five seed in three road games to try to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think they can do it. 49ers win 31-21, to and it's going to be a blast. So just want to say thank you guys. So excited. Please download that Hot Mike app. Uh, join us for the game so we could do play-by-play, commentary, and all that stuff. It's going to be a blast. Again, Hot Mic app. Use the promo code RUSHESF, no spaces, R-U-S-H-E-S-F. Join us, and it's going to be fun. But until then, man, we got two days. Sunday night game. Cannot get here fast enough. So excited. If you have any questions, please hit me up on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman, and I will be talking with you guys soon. Thanks so much for the time. And, man, got to get here quick. Got to get here quick.